everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ed's Auto Garage. This again is Ed Arango coming to you from my garage here in Huntington Beach, California. And again, the Ed's Auto Garage podcast is a real casual conversation amongst friends. We're sitting in the garage. We're talking cars. We're talking life. We're talking work. And uh, today I have a special guest, um, Lance Dong. Lance um, is in charge of the San Diego chapter of the Alfa Romero Club um, and also has an affiliation with the National Club. And I'll let him explain that, uh, um, you know, here shortly. So thank you. Lance, for jumping on here and and welcome. My pleasure, Ed. Um, this is a, a first for me. I I listen to a lot of podcasts. Never been on one before, so thanks for inviting me. Sure, great. Yeah, no, and um, yeah, it's kind of just just you know, you and I will just be sitting here, kind of chit chatting a little bit. So um, let's start. Lance, if you don't mind, let's start with a little bit of uh, background on you, how uh, how you came to to become so enamored with uh, Alfa Romero cars versus being uh, enamored with uh, Pontiac Aztecs. Okay. <laughs> um, I always like to say, actually, it goes way back before even my involvement with Alphas, um, I've just been a car guy um, as long as I can remember. And I'm pretty sure it's it's the old um, inherited the car gene from my father. Um, mm -hmm. As I was growing up, I really, I was the, the baby in my family. My two older brothers were significantly older than I was. So I always said I was a, an only child with two older brothers. But um, as I became older and became and got in um, got into, I guess conversations with my dad, um, it was almost always around cars. And then as I thought back at it um, over the years, all the cars that my dad had were not your typical cars. Mm. I mean, he he had Buicks, but not the not the usual Buicks. Um, he had, um, I think, my earliest memory. Uh, was when he came back from um, uh, some postgraduate uh, surgical work. He was a doctor in Central California. Um, he had gone over to Germany and uh, brought back a 1957 356A Porsche. Wow. Uh, one nice. of the first in California, as far as I know. Um, and then in 63, he went back and uh, brought another one back. And then I found out later on the first one he got uh, because the, the Porsche had a back seat in it, which was just big enough for a small child. Um, he had actually been uh, considering the Mercedes 300 SL, mm. uh, which he really liked. But my mom said no, because it didn't have a back seat. So <laughs> we wound up with a Porsche instead. So I grew up with that, with a Porsche and, um, I learned how to drive on that car. Um, I didn't take my first driving lesson or driving license in that car, um, but that was my car when I uh, became a senior in high school. Uh, 
and I, I drove that car probably until uh, mid-70s, uh, and it, it, uh, it kind of got wrecked, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> at, at any rate, um, I've had uh, a love affair with cars, and then in 1987, when I was uh, living here in San Diego, um, after the Navy, I, I saw a, uh, a 1982 uh, Alpha GTV6, and I just fell in love with that car. I've always liked V6s for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it just appealed to me. And after we bought the car, um, I started looking into the history of it and that there was a, a club um, and the more I looked into the history, the more I became um, in love with the mark as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, from the the early days of Alphas and the technology that they put into their race cars in the 20s and 30s was so far ahead of anything else. And then, you know, looking at at what they'd done with superchargers and multivalve engines, it just um, I just became more and more involved with alphas and I, ever since 87 i've never been without an alpha how nice how nice is this um is the alpha you currently have the um that original alpha that you bought um it is not it's actually the second uh gtv6 i've owned mm-hmm. um the first one um meta demise uh from the standpoint that i had had a couple of uh, front end accidents with it, mm. but then I had taken it to my mechanic uh, while I was on vacation. I took it to him uh, before I took a vacation. Um, and when I came back, he had admitted that he had parked it um, in error. He had parked it underneath uh, a 57 or 58 Julieta that had a, um, developed a leak in the brake system and leaked brake fluid onto the uh, under the paint in my car. Yikes. Um, he admitted it and I, and he said, well, I have this, um, 82 Boloco, uh, that he had taken in and that owner was unable to pay for the repair. And the, the engine was basically bad on it. He said, well, for a small amount of money, he'd take the engine out of my car, uh, out of my old car and put it into this Boloco that was um, number 110 of 350 of the Polocos. I said, I'll do it, I'll take it. And um, that was in 1995. And I've had that car ever since. I've had several other Alphas in between, but uh, that's the one I've always said, I will never sell. If it falls falls apart around me, then I'll probably just be buried in it. So this is this one. Others have come and gone, but this one has always stayed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, take us back a little bit on on your personal uh, you know development. You uh, you mentioned that you were in the Navy for a period of time. Uh, yes, I uh, I was in college in in Pennsylvania. Um, really didn't know what I was going to do with a. Uh, a degree in psychology and sociology. And uh, in my beginning of my senior year, we got postcards from the uh, Navy recruiters said, how would you like to learn how to fly and get 30 days paid vacation? 
I said, well, why not? Let's let's see what we can do. Uh, I ended up not going uh, aviation, but um, I served four years on a, a guided missile destroyer, um, he, fortunately here in, in uh, California, um, spent two Westpacs um, on that ship. And then um, I probably would have stayed in, uh, but not in the Naval, uh, as we say, forces afloat uh, mm -hmm. on a ship. Um, but the community that I wanted to get into was a relatively small community. And they said, no, we'd have to send you back to sea for another 18 months. And I said, um, after spending uh, probably seven months at sea at that time, I said, no, nah, um, I'll just put my letter in and mm. uh, see what I can do on the outside. But I enjoyed the time. I, I learned a lot, um, got to see a lot of the world that I probably would never have been able to see on my own at the time. I mean, I was in my late 20s. Right. So we got to go to uh, Taiwan and Hong Kong and um, some areas that I wouldn't have been able to see and probably wouldn't want to go back to. But like, um, I don't know, Pakistan, it's it's fairly exotic, but there really isn't anything there that interests me. But I got to see it. Yeah. And then we got to see Bahrain um, in uh, the UAE um, for all of six hours. <laughs> so these are places that uh, you definitely would not have uh, put on your vacation list, but you got to see them anyway. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. Good. And thank you. And thank you for your service. And we appreciate all that, of course. Um, so, so. I guess one of the things that that you know myself as an alpha owner and I and I kind of know I know what it's like to own an alpha and and I always try to ask other alpha owners to kind of try and give me a little bit of an explanation of how uh, how can you explain to someone that's not an alpha owner what it's like to own an alpha because it is different it is different from owning you know, a Honda Civic, you know, it is different. I mean, you could get, okay. So your GTV six is probably no, no bigger and no roomier than maybe a Honda Civic or, a, you know, a, you know, a three series BMW, but there's something lacking there. Have yeah, you been able to pinpoint it? Um, I haven't really pinpointed it per se, but I think it, it's just, something visceral about it um the the sound and the 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 feel of the car as you're driving it i mean i've had a lot of different cars i've had i had a corvette when i was in the navy um i sold the corvette and bought a porsche 914 6 which i enjoyed um i've also had a an acura you know and so they're nice driving cars right but they're just it was just something about driving the the that first um first alpha that was so comfortable and the sound was different i mean the just the sound of the engine um it wasn't overly loud but it wasn't so muffled you couldn't hear it either right um uh, you can you can easily drive it around town and then um, on a weekend um, take off for the canyons and and have a lot of fun and you 
you have the feeling of control. Um, you know that when you're coming into that uh, tight left-hander, you can make it and, and keep keep some speed up so that you're you're not you know taxing the the car and making it do something that it wasn't um, it wasn't intended to do. I mean, these are drivers' cars. Um, right. You control it. Um, my wife doesn't like it because there's no power steering, uh-huh. um, and she understands that that's the way the car is. Um, we we went on our first date in in this car. Uh, we drove up to uh, to L.A. for a, for a concert and uh, came back. And, and I was she was driving a, a early '90s Camaro at the time, uh, so she was she was into cars but not the same as i was but she also didn't reject it because it was you know it was a foreign car mm-hmm. and and then when we decided to get married we had our engagement pictures taken in in the uh, alpha spider that i had at the time and um when she said oh well let's have our picture taken in the spider I said this is a gal that that i can keep and, <laughs> We've been married almost 22 years now, and you know it's she has become ingrained in the alpha uh, lifestyle as well. So it's just I don't know. It's something intangible about the cars, um, but also the community um, that is around the cars itself. Uh, there's a a wide range of people that that are attracted to the cars, uh, but we all have that one thing in common, and we it's just. Um, it's hard to explain. Yeah. We, a lot of the times we say um, uh, in the community, we say, come for the cars, but stay for the people. Okay. Cause it's really about uh, the owners that they keep you coming back. So, I mean, I notice. I mean, in conversation with other alpha owners, um, you know, when you get into the alpha brand and the car and even the older ones that are a lot more uh, uh, analog per se than some of the newer ones when you start getting into like the 80s and later 80s and 90s they start getting a little bit more electronic gizmos and stuff inside them right but the older ones that are so much more analogy I mean you do feel it you do feel the car and, and 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 to what you said about the sound sound not being too loud but the sound being just just uh, just right to make you feel it's part of the whole senses the smell the 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 sound what it feels like in your butt when you're sitting and driving the car you know how it handles you know i'll tell you my my 71 behind me uh, spider, um, that car does not have a single rattle in it. You know, like you go over a bump or anything, you don't hear like, you know, you don't hear anything weird like that in the car. Right, and right. I, and, and I remember, I remember test driving the car and Yvette, my wife was with me. And the minute we went over like a bump and she's in the car with me, we both looked at each other. Like, I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? No, I didn't hear anything. So, I mean, a lot, you know, all of that kind of comes to play. Um, and then, and then you talk to other alpha owners that I've, I've experienced that, 
that, you know, you'll, you'll say, well, you know, you want to do some sort of upgrade or some sort of modification. Oh, you know, typically people, well, I'm going to change the rims and put, you know, other tires on the car and things like that. Well, I want to go to, cause these come with 14 inch rims, you know, I want to go to a 15 inch rim and maybe a little bit lower profile tire Then people are like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And the, the reason is, is that they'll, they'll tell you, don't do it because you're going to lose the feel of the car. And I think there's, there's something to be said to that. You know, I've gone, my mechanics have told me, don't do it. Leave it like it is. The car's right. Just like it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in the, I think in the younger and newer um, owners, yeah. I mean, they, they want to personalize it, which is fine. I mean, I, I can relate to that to some extent, but then I think that from my experience, you begin to realize that the engineers who designed the cars really had it right. Um, and then you can change things and you can make them the way you want it. And then you realize this is not quite what I had thought. And maybe you, you go back to the original setup. It's like, okay, that's the way that I really wanted it to be. Right. But you really don't know that until you change something. And now you want to change it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Um, so, so, you know, it's one of those things you kind of like, oh, well, you know, the car is good. I mean, maybe I might buy a, the same size tires, you know, but maybe a better, a better brand of tires, maybe, you know, not, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll put some Pirellis on it or some, you know, nice Michelins on the, on the car, you know, instead of, you know, some, some, you know, Pet Boy tires, nothing, nothing against Pet Boy, but, but you know what I mean? But you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, just a little yeah. bit higher quality of a, of a road tire on it. So, um, but not change the dimensions and the size and the width and the walls and things like that. On the, yeah. Uh, I, I think when, when people ask me about um, doing things like that, my first question is, well, how do you want to use the car? You know, yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that you can change on it if you want to do something special with it. I mean, there are a lot of people who are getting into um, getting into spiders or getting into GTVs um, and they want to they want to take it out on the track. Well, that's a completely different uh, use case, um, if you will, from uh, enjoying it for a weekend drive. You know, then then I'll say, well, if you want to do that you might want to look at doing these things, which is going to change your driving dynamics when you're driving it on the street. Mm -hmm. you, you'll notice it's going to be a little stiffer or um, you won't have the same feel um, unless you're driving at, you know, seven to eight tenths um, on the track, then you'll, you'll be able to, to really realize that. So, I mean, and I found that um, my friends who are doing that, like the, there are a lot of people in the uh, in the LA chapter that um, that go out regularly with with the uh, track guys. Um, they'll have two or three sets of tires and wheels mm -hmm, because right. they'll 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 go out to the track, change their tires and 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 uh, wheels so that they'll be able to maximize the amount of time on the track, and then they'll still be able to to drive their spider on the street if they want to. So it it really depends on how you want to use your car. If you want to use it as a daily driver, 
you probably didn't don't need to do anything other than um, maybe upgrade your tires right uh, from right. something that is too soft or, or too hard uh, yeah so let me take a, a quick break here and uh, let's give a little shout out to uh, the show's sponsors and today's show is brought to you by Newport Beach Insurance Center Newport Beach Insurance Center is a full service insurance brokerage that specializes in providing insurance to the automotive industry from your average grocery getter to classic collector cars to insuring automotive OEM repair shops, restoration shops, automotive component manufacturers, and even dealerships. We write coverages with many of the top carriers and we can customize a policy to fit your needs. Check us out, Newport Beach Insurance Center at www.npbic.com. Again, www.npbic.com or call us at 949-358-7990. Also sponsored by CAPTA IMS, your no-nonsense insurance management software and CRM. CAPTA IMS is for the independent insurance broker to medium-sized agency. CAPTA IMS is built by insurance professionals for insurance professionals. Visit our site at captaims.com. That's C-A-P-T-A-I-M-S.com for more details. And we'll include all this information in our show notes as we move on. So thanks, um, Lance, for sitting through that and um so we see the picture of the car behind you this is the car you bought in what year was that you said 87 uh well no this car i got in 1995 oh 95 okay right the, the first alpha i bought was in 87 gotcha. which was a silver gray um this one is red um the uh the boloco is a rather special, I guess, edition. Alpha tended to make one model each model year um, in a in a special model. They designated them as special models. Oh, I didn't and, realize they did that every year as they were bringing out the GTVs. Sixes. Yeah. The, uh, the, well, in 81 and most of 82, all of the GTV sixes were silver gray with blue interiors. Um, late in the model year, they came out with these, which are red uh, with a black interior. Um, this one is missing a belt line stripe, which is supposed to, it's supposed to have on it, but um, I haven't put it back on. When I got the car, it had been prepped for paint, so they had taken the stripe off already. Okay. Um, eventually, I, I would like to put it back on. Uh, but in 1982, they only made 350 of the Bolocos. Now, the Boloco is a uh, is named after the test track in Italy that Alpha uses uh, to test all of their vehicles. They still use it uh, to test their streetcars, and to a certain extent, they race. Uh, uh, they have their race cars uh, tested there as well. Okay. Um, in 84 or 85, they came out with another uh, special model called the Maritona, which had 
uh, a much more aggressive uh, body kit. Um, it had a, a rear spo spoiler, a much lower, wider front uh, spoiler, um, all gray. Uh, they have a, a lot of um, body kits that re represent that same type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the GTV6 owners don't bother with that, though. Mm. I mean, they, they just accept the cars the way they are, um, repaint them, really, uh, to make them look nice. But there really isn't a whole lot that you need to do to, to make the car um, any more special than it is. Right. And these cars have, you know, that, that beautiful-sounding Busso engine um, right. that do you do you know from what year to what year did they have the that they use the Busso uh, six cylinder? Yes. Well, the the six cylinder was actually developed in the uh, in the late seventies um, and was introduced in Europe in a sedan, the Alpha mm. Six. Mm. Um, it was in '81 when they brought the uh, the GTV6 out, uh, which is an evolution from the late '70s, the Alfetta's. Um, right. The Alfetta sedan was built in '75, um, I believe, uh, through '79. Uh, in '77, they came out with the coupe, the two-door coupe, uh, which was uh, with the same two-liter four-cylinder engine and then in 81 they transitioned to the Busso v6 and they had that engine all the way up through um see i think the late 90s although they left the u.s in 95 they continued to uh, put the same engine into their european cars it well into the early 2000s um we never saw any of those cars. Mm -hmm. So the the Milanos and the 164s of the of the early 90s were the last cars that we saw here with the with that beautiful V6. I mean, uh, everybody that hears them just recognizes the the engine immediately as one of the best sounding engines around. And it is, and it definitely is. It's funny. Um, they they the Alfetta was basically the same body style as what you have. And, and they still called it Alfetta, meaning little alpha. Uh, but when they, when they went to the V6 in it, they didn't, they changed it and called it Alfa Romero, not, not an Alfetta GTV6. Or was it, was it, it wasn't called a, an Alfetta GTV6, was it? Um, I've seen it referred to in European literature as an Alfetta. Oh, okay. but here in the U.S., it was just um, GTV6 was all yeah. it was called. Um, I think that was just a matter of, of American marketing yeah. decided that's the what that's what they uh, wanted to name it. Um, and it's the same same thing with the later models. Uh, in '87, they discontinued the GTV6 and brought out um, what they call here is the Milano which is a sedan body on the same chassis. But in Europe, um, they, they just called it the, the Alpha 75. Right. Um, almost exactly the same 
car, different designations. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and I mean, you kind of alluded to it. I mean, in the U S during that, that period of time, I think the, I mean, the only real cars we were getting were still the spider and maybe the GV, uh, GTV six, and then maybe still the spider. And then the, the Milano came, but in, in Europe, they still had a, they had a, a plethora of different alphas that were, they were building. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we got, you're we, right. got the, we got the crap, not the <laughs> crap, but we got a small, a small sample. Yes. And I think that goes way back. I, I don't, I don't know why or, or when um, they, the decision was made, but yeah, in the U S we only got two models. Yeah. Uh, I, um, from the late sixties, I think um, it was only one, one sedan, the Julia sedan, and then the Alfetta sedan and the spider. And then in the eighties, it was the spider and the GTV six. And then they, they came out with the, the Milano and the spider. And then it was the 164 and the spider. And then they went away and we didn't get anything. But in the meantime, they had four or five different uh, models that they sold everywhere else. Um, right. Plus the Alpha Sud, which we never got here, which I, I've just uh, come to realize was one of their technologically advanced cars that they sold everywhere except here. What, what do you know much about what the Alpha Sud was? I've heard of it. And I mean, I know that they have it, it has a resemblance to the G GTV6 body. Um, I've seen the dash, it has the tack in the middle, and it doesn't, you know, and instead of the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the gauges like in your car, but outside of, and then it had a four cylinder. Right. Turbo, right? Um, Delta they, something. Yeah, late, late in its production, they, they came out with a coupe, a two door. It was primarily a, uh, a finance, well, I just saw a YouTube video um, that came out of, uh, I think it was came out of the UK. I mean, he did a really good um, history of the Alpha Sud, but it was uh, primarily um, at the uh, behest, if you will, of the Italian government um, that they needed to boost the economy of, of Southern Italy. So, they um, oh sued south right oh right. okay alpha they, south because they had two plants right they they had a plant in alpha had a plant in uh, Milano or Milan uh, that produced most of their uh, most of the cars but they had that plant in near Naples and so the uh, Italian government who who owned a substantial part of uh, of alpha at the time decided they needed to uh, boost the economy. So they directed them to develop a new model and build it in that plant. Um, but I, Italy in the seventies was highly politicized and um, fairly socialistic, I guess. Um, so a lot of the, uh, the worker unrest, uh, as I understand it, um, took a big toll on the production of the of the Alpha Sud, uh, so they had a lot of problems with quality in in build. Um, that, along with the the fact that um, at the time 
the Italian government and fiat had gone into a, a business relationship with the Russians. Um, and uh, as part of the deal, they had to buy um, Russian steel. So a lot of the cars that were being built in Italy from Ferraris down to the least expensive Fiats were made out of really crappy Russian steel. So um, a lot of the, the problems that could be laid at the, at the foot of rust in uh, Alphas and Fiats and, and Ferraris and Lancias at the time um, stemmed from that, not really poor workmanship, mm -hmm. um, um, but just bad steel. I've heard a lot of stories and seen cars that, you know, were otherwise very nice cars, but they developed cancer right in the middle of the, uh, right in the middle of the door where normally wouldn't, wouldn't happen. You, you normally wouldn't know that rust would film there or would form there. It just right. happened. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a shame because um, to the, the layman that doesn't know the product and doesn't know the, the you know, the car, um, you know, the, the first mindset is, is, uh, Oh, alpha, Ooh, stay away from that. You know, that's kind of like, Oh, they're, they're going to have, I'll tell you, you know, the alphas I've owned, I have not had pro problems with them at all mechanically in a sense. Um, as long as you do your due diligence and take care of them and look after them and make sure things are, are, uh, are changed and you do your oil change every 3000 miles and you, and, and you're just, you just look over the car. It's not a, again, not, you know, it's not a Honda Civic. You put gas in and go, but, uh, but if you take care of the car, it'll reward you back, you know, uh, tenfold in, in feel and, in, in, in just the experience of having the car. Um, it, it really does. Um, yeah, so. I, I, I can't count the number of times I've had to basically say the same thing when people said, um, you know, expressed the same, um, um, the same thoughts about, uh, about alphas, you know, they, they relate them to, to Fiat's, you know, and fix it again, Tony, and, you know, you know, why does it leak so much oil and all that? And I said, well, that's, that's not the case if you really take care of your car. And right. I use the same analogy, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a Honda, but in the same light, if you just pay attention to your, to your maintenance schedules, change the, change the oil regularly, um, change the things that you're told you need to pay attention to, like your timing belts and, and things like that, um, it'll last you um, virtually forever. You know, I, there, are, there are cars that I know of, some GTV6s that have lived in relatively hostile conditions that have gone well over 400,000 miles. Hmm. I mean, there's one, there's one um, alpha member that I know that lives in uh, Texas, and he regular, regularly commuted all around Texas um, in his GTV6, and he used to drive it to conventions all over the U.S., um, and at, at one time, I think he consecu consecutively won um, the prize for uh, the highest mileage car driven to a convention. 
and, oh, wow. and it's the same thing. I mean, just keep up on the maintenance and it will take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, that, that, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's an important thing with these cars, just, you know, and, and the, and the cars, I mean, I don't want to call them that they're delicate, but I don't know. I've had, I've had muscle cars. I've had, you know, 70 Stingray Corvettes. Um, I've had, uh, you know, Porsches. Um, but driving, at least driving the Spiders, because I've only owned Alpha Spiders. Um, and, and driving the Spider, I mean, the shifting is delicate. It's just, you know, move it, you know, you can do it with, you know, just your finger, you know, you can, you know, it's very delicate when you do it to me. I mean, I'm not sitting there going, mm, you know, and running through the gears real fast. Like if I was driving a big old 454 or something like that, you know? Uh, so, so I, again, you know, and it all becomes kind of visceral, you know, it, you know, you become one with the car and the feel and the shifting and the downshifting. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, the car feels, Again, I don't, the car, my car is not, you know, in consideration to, to, to standard cars now, it, they're not fast cars. They're not fast cars. I'm not going to get a ticket for taking off the line real fast or anything like that. You know, I kind of see them as momentum cars, you know, once you get them going, they're going. And if you get them on the twisties, they're, they're, they do really well and they handle, and it seems the gearing if you're in a hill or a, or driving a, a you know a path a canyon, um, the gearing seems to be just in the right place for going between third to second, and then going from second back to third, and then the next turn comes, I go back down to second. That comfort of just you know where in other cars I've had muscle cars, I'm like, okay, uh, I should be in, uh, I should be in third. No, you know, sometimes you kind of get a little lost and it seems to come a lot more natural in the alpha in driving in a Canyon. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And um, one of the reasons that I bought, I, I became so enamored with the V6 or with the, with the GTV6 um, was the way that it was designed and its its uh, suspension setup is like no other um, coupe um, of its time frame um, because of the they reached back into their history they used a uh, a day Dion rear end which is not like anything else that virtually any other sports car builder. Um, is using and it's a 50 50 weight distribution in a coupe um, they have inboard brakes so your unsprung weight is different um, the battery is in the rear um, when you have two passengers in the car um, it handles very neutrally I mean you and and then the fact that it's an overhead um, cam engine it really likes to live at 3,000 to 4,000 up to redline. Yep. Uh, and that's where the engine likes to, to run. And if you're running in the canyons, um, you can you can keep your revs up and exit exit the corner 
um, on the cam uh, rather than having to uh, downshift and and um, bring it up and then you know quickly shift into third or fourth to be able to to make the next straight you're already up up on the revs and you're just going um, right. and it's just it just feels so natural it does and and you know to let everybody else out there know i mean it, it is something you need to experience it you need to drive one you need to i i think that that everybody at one time in their life should own uh, have access to an alpha and enjoy it and and drive it that's it is a if you like driving i'm not saying you know get on the 405 freeway and and do the traffic in the morning i don't mean that kind of driving i mean you know take it out on a on an early saturday morning or an early sunday morning where it's all quiet and nobody's around and you can kind of rip through a canyon or something like that this is a car to do it in i mean these Absolutely. are cars to do it in um you know go to your favorite spot go get a cup of coffee and then go take off and go do a drive or you know i i try to do that it lets me you know open up my head and think and just relax and and i, I relax it's a relaxing experience for me so so uh, yeah i think that uh that you know if anything if there's any takeaways here from every for everybody is you know you know get one even even if you don't know which one to get or whatever you know you can contact me you can you can contact lance and uh, you know i'm sure he would kind of guide you in the in the right direction i mean i i know lance is always on bring a trailer so <laughs> and we are too i mean so if you ever have any questions or whatever you can look at bring, bring a trailer it's a website out there so shout out to bring a trailer and also if you're in the orange i'm in the orange county area you know um um you know, Stewart at a, at APC Alpha Performance Center, I think it's called. Uh, great guy, very informative, knows a, a ton about these cars. He is second generation, um, you know, working on these cars. So uh, a good shout out to Stewart and his shop here in Orange. And, um, you know, I was just with him a couple days ago hanging out and, um, super busy boy he's got tons of stuff going on over there and 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 what's happening is is that there's a lot of well as you know the value of your gtv6 is going ching 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 you know the you know the the all of them the spiders are starting to go up the older spiders particularly are starting to go up and you know we can't say anything about the gtvs you know and the juniors and all of those those guys are already you know step noses and what have you those guys are you know you know, you can find them in the six figure range easily. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, so, but there's still, you know, there is still, you know, cars that you could have for under 10 grand that you can find, you know, uh, you know, spiders and what have you. And, and um, they're, they're still out there. You just got to do a little bit of your homework. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of, a lot of good um, late model and, or, you know, from, from the seventies on, I mean, they produced literally millions of, of the spiders Yeah, um, and you can get one relatively inexpensively. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are very good cars out there for less than $10,000 sure. that are very drivable, very serviceable. Um, and I found that even the, the newer, the newer, younger crowd 
that are just finding the alpha mark now that are buying the Julia's right there, you know, they're, I think some of them bought them because they're, they look cool and they've heard a lot about them, but as soon as they start driving in them, they, they begin to understand. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, there's a, a group of uh, SoCal Alfa Romeos. They're an Instagram based group, but, and they're mostly in um, Orange County in LA, but they had a, uh, they had a drive that they came down to San Diego. So there were, there was one guy who drove from Santa Barbara to get to Encinitas by eight o'clock. He had to leave, leave Santa Barbara about five, but he came down for the, for the drive. They drove from the beach all the way to Julian, which is about a, an hour drive if you're taking it easy. Um, but they all came, there were 30 cars that came down um, just to do the drive. Wow. So they, they drove down from, from LA and, and surrounds, came down to San Diego to drive on the roads, and then they had to go home. So, you know, it was just enjoyment of, of the drive. And that, that's, I thought that was very encouraging. I saw I saw that too. I saw that on the inter- on the internet as well. I was like, "Wow, that was blown away." Yeah, and the, and they're all enjoying their cars. I mean, they they just love the way they they handle, the way they drive, um, and the way they look. And, yeah. and a lot of them buy it because they think it's cool, which it is, and then they they realize, "Hey, this is a really nice car." And they are. I mean, I mean, they are. Um... You know, they are a sexy looking car. The new Julia's are very sexy looking cars. You know, everybody, everybody has a BMW, you know, kind of fits in that world. Everybody kind of has a BMW. This is a little different and it's a great car. It is. It's a very good car. I'm, I'm waiting at this point. I, I want to get one. Uh, I want to get a new one mm-hmm. probably for my wife. I mean, I just, she needs a new car. So at some point um, in the next six to nine months, I guess we'll see what we what going to come on the market. Yeah, that's good. So Lance, tell us a little bit about your involvement with the club down in San Diego, the Alfa Romero Club. Is that just how it's called? Um, it's the Alfa Romero Owners Club of San Diego. Okay. Um, uh, it's a chapter of the national organization. Um, we have um, the national has chapters all over, literally all over the U.S. Uh, from uh, Maine, the uh, what's normally called A1 or the Alpha Owners of the Northeast, um, down the east East Coast, um, through Florida and Texas and um, Northwest, all the way down to San Diego. Um, San Diego has about 80 plus members now at one time when i joined in the in the late 80s we had almost 250 uh 300 members we were a jumbo chapter uh, but we're just um off owners that, that love the cars uh, we like socializing each uh chapter pretty much has their own characteristics um i know that the uh, la chapter or alpha rail owners of SoCal, um, they have uh, two groups, one which are track people. They love going out at uh, 
to Willow Springs and Button Willow and, and going as fast as they can. Um, they also have high performance driving schools. They try to teach people, you know, how your car will handle in an emergency situation. Uh, even if you don't want to uh, drive your car on a track, you can you can go out on the onto the track under a supervised uh, conditions and know how your car is going to handle if somebody you know all of a sudden pulls out in front of you and you're doing 45 50 miles an hour you know what do you do and and um you can you can practice that and then know what you what you need to do when you're on the freeway at, at any rate san diego is more of a social track uh, social club we like to go out on drives we like to uh, support each other uh, last weekend we had a member um, who is uh, 70 spider needed breaks. Um, so we had a tech session. We had, we were over at, at one of the other members house. Uh, we had jacked the car up and uh, we, uh, we did a, a brake session. We had completely redid his front brakes. And then I think they were going to do the, the rears on a different day, but um we, we did the work and then we sat around and had uh, hamburgers and brats and, and just talked about cars. Um, I'm also on the national uh, board of directors and um, I'm, uh, I guess my responsibility is managing the, the technology aspects of the, the club since everything is really now uh, web-based we have uh, we have a website, uh, which is uh, aroc-usa.org. We also have a Facebook group, um, which we just got. Uh, we have about eight thousand members there. Not all of them are members of the uh, official members of the club, but uh, they are alpha owners who are mostly newer Julia owners and and 4C owners. So we looked at it as a, an opportunity to uh, reach out to these newer newer owners and uh, and uh, I guess teach them about the uh, the history of the cars and why we uh, the, we as older owners love the cars and and hopefully uh, transmit to that transmit that love to the newer ones too. Uh, and also you know, uh, allow them uh, to communicate with others for mutual support. Uh, we're getting a lot of, of discussion on the groups. Um, uh, some some owners are, are living in areas where they have a dealer or they've gotten the car from a dealer that's maybe 100, yard, 100 miles away and they have a question about something on their car. Well, they just log into the into the Facebook group and post the question, and somebody is bound to be able to, to answer it for them, uh, or give them a pointer as to where they can get it worked on when they not have to take it to a dealer. Um, we also have Instagram, and and uh, to a lesser extent, we have a Twitter presence also, but that's mostly just for for some um, broadcast messages and things like that. Um, the national. We try to have 
um, larger um, uh, gatherings that will appeal to a lot of people. We have a national convention every year, uh, which goes from East Coast to Mid uh, to West Coast. Um, this year's convention is going to be in Colorado Springs, which is uh, going to be uh, pretty pretty interesting to be able to to experience the the roads in in Colorado. One of the events is there they have um, a special time that we'll be able to drive up uh, Pikes Peak, um, just the Alpha Club. So we'll be able to experience that on our own. Um, there's also the advantage of having the organization and be and have ties with the Alfa Romeo Formula One team. So um, in past years at uh, uh, Circuit of the Americas, when the F1 races uh, have come there, we've had uh, uh, a full tour group um, that will be that has uh, access to hospitality. We've had paddock walks of the uh, of the open paddocks when they've been allowed us to go there. Uh, special receptions uh, where we meet uh, luminaries in the Alpha World and mm -hmm. and other Formula One um, people that that were have been associated with Formula One. So it's a lot of fun. So, so Lance, tell us about, um, you said the involvement with the F1 and walking the paddocks. I mean, so uh, is this, you have to be kind of, you have to be a member of the national club, I would assume, and you have some sort of credential to, to show that you are part of this organization? Well, the, uh, the national has organized a trip um, through, um, a gentleman uh, by the name of Steve Austin, uh, who does a lot of of um, travel events or in car related events, um, Steve has organized this uh, as a as a specific uh, function for the group. Um, there's you know you, you sign up, you pay your fees, you get you get hotel room, um, you get access to uh, transportation from the hotel and the, uh, the dinners and various receptions. So you would be um, in the group um, that goes through the paddock as the alpha owners. Um, you would still, uh, while well, tickets I think um, are included in the fees that you pay. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you sit in your, in your seat, watch the race. Um, as a group, you can go to the receptions and go through the paddock. Interesting. And um, and to be, if you're an alpha owner and you want to join the club, I mean, what is it usually, and, and, and how does it work? Do you join the national club and then you join a, the, the smaller, like San Diego club or the LA club, or how does that work? Yes. Um, since we're, we're all chartered chapters of the, of the national, you pay $68 for a year, annual membership. And then um, you, in signing up, you would say, I want to be, um, I live in, in Orange County and I want to associate with the Orange County chapter. Um, and you just put that down on your, on your um, membership form, which is basically online. 
but you say, I want to be associated with that chapter, um, you go on to their uh, roster. Uh, now, the local chapters, uh, we get $10 um, of that $68 goes to the chapter. So okay. um, the chapters may charge a little more if they have other types of, of um, events that they, that they want to have, like the LA people, since they are heavily in, involved with track events, if you want to be uh, uh, involved in that, there's maybe a 10 or $15 additional fee, uh, but it's, it's really fairly nominal. Um, you, once you're a member of the national, you can uh, associate with any number of chapters if you want to. There's also a, uh, a chapter in uh, Coachella Valley um, in desert, um, it's called Desert Alphas and they're in Palm Desert, Palm Springs area. There's also uh, a chapter in Santa Barbara, the Central Coast chapter. So you can associate with them and be uh, a secondary member there if you want, um, which really what that does is puts you on to their mailing list. You get all, all the information uh, and any newsletters that they put out about events um, that are happening in the, that local area. And, and I assume the same would hold true to other parts of the country. I'm being, I'm sure there's chapters uh chapters in florida and there's chapters in north carolina and and uh new jersey new york and all those areas as well absolutely absolutely yeah there are there are multiple chapters in most states um, gotcha. because of ge geographic um uh just i guess disparity uh, we just chartered a new chapter in um uh utah uh, the Bonneville chapter mm. has just been formed. Um, Desert Alpha, which I just uh, mentioned, was really formed out of uh, people that that go to the Palm Springs area for the winter, um, but they come from other areas. So we had a number of people that went down to or go down to uh, the Palm Springs area from uh, Portland and, and Seattle area. Uh, so they felt well, we're spending a lot of time down here. Why don't we have a have a chapter? So uh, we had a number of people who are in San Diego chapter and LA that also lived out there. So it helped them as well. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at possibly forming a chapter in uh, the Las Vegas area, and um, it's it's really beginning to to expand with the number of alphas that are, are hitting the road now too. So it's it's really, we're seeing a resurgence and, and it's very heartening for us. Wow, good, good. Is um, the, the National Association, the National Club, do they have a national meeting once a year or once every couple of years that they kind of get everybody together at one designated place in the country or something? Excuse me. Uh, yes, we have a, a national convention. Um, it, it goes way back to the to the time of of the founding. Um, in order to do business, we had to the board of directors had to meet to be able to to conduct business uh, as a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So they 
they decided that once a year they would get together um, at previously designated places. Uh, so once a year, wherever the, uh, well, let me back up. The way it is now, the chapters across the US can make a bid to have the national convention in their area. Mm -hmm. um, and this year, as I, as I mentioned, it's gonna be in Colorado Springs. Um, hopefully next year, we will have the national convention here in San Diego. And um, then the following year uh, potentially will be um, in, on the East Coast, um, possibly in the North Carolina area. Gotcha. Um, there in the recent past, it was in Nashville. Uh, it was, it's been in Pittsburgh um, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago it was in Pittsburgh. And then uh, 2017, we held a joint convention with the Alfa Romeo Club of Canada. So we had a, uh, in uh, 2017, which was the 50th anniversary of the, uh, the re reveal of the Alfa Romeo Montreal um, in Montreal. So there was a, a large number of those cars that were invited um, and we had a we had a great convention um, there with a, a number of special cars. Nice. So yeah, we we have it everywhere. I mean, across the U.S. and uh, um, Olympia, Washington. That was a great convention. Uh, great driving roads up there. Got to see areas uh, like uh, Mount St. Helens and and Mount Rainier. We had um, great great drives on the, on those mountains. Does, um, does the local chapters, um, do they hold their own meetings where members go to these meetings? Are the meetings uh, mandatory or how does that all work? Uh, it's, it's never mandatory, but um, yes, each chapter um, has their own bylaws. So mm. um, San Diego, when we, when we were a big chapter, we would meet once a month at a, uh, a large community room where we would have presentations and we have talks. Um, sometimes we'd have a detailer come up and, and demo uh, how, to, how to detail your car or, or what's the best way to uh, polish the wheels and things like that. Other times we'd have tech sessions where we'd have um, a specialist on uh, on speaker fuel injection, which is relatively narrow um, subject matter, but um, is of interest to a, a number of, of uh, owners. Yeah. As as time went on, we we had fewer and fewer members, but we still try to get together. So here in San Diego, um, probably once a quarter, we have a social event. We we'd have it. Um, a chili cook-off or Oktoberfest at, at one of the members' homes. Uh, we'd have uh, um, just a beach party. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that Southern California um, has three concours a year. So they will all get together in one, one pre-designated spot and uh, have all their show cars together. Um, 
usually it's a social event also. So you just get together, sit around and, and look at each other's cars, uh, have some wine and cheese and beer and talk about alphas. Um, there, each chapter has their own, has their own things. I know that um, the uh, Alpha male owners of, of Oregon, they have regular drives, but I mean, they have 40 or 50 cars that will go out on a, on a drive. And then um, Northwest chapter in Seattle, um, they have organized rallies. So they'll have contests. So um, you, you have a set of instructions and you have to go out and, and find all of these, um, these landmarks or, or take pictures of, of your car in front of a specific sign. Um, so each, each chapter has their own, uh, own type of, of things, but it's always around uh, getting the people together um, and enjoying the cars. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that for, for clubs such as these, um, and mostly when you're talking of, a, of the alpha, alpha group, um, I can only imagine that one of the the uh, attractions would be um, organized spirited drives uh, every so often, you know, um, you know, get a group of guys together, a group of folks together, I should say, and, and just, you know, uh, and, and go have some 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 good, you know, pre-planned drives and you know at the end of the drive you know arrive at a restaurant eat something and then you know call it a day but part of it is the is the drive absolutely and even in in the covid times uh, we had people that were just um really saying we need to get out of the house what yeah. can we do um and we thought well the perfect thing to do is to take a drive you yeah know, you're in your own car you meet in a parking lot, you can be socially distanced, you know, you wave at everybody, say, okay, let's um, go. Let's go. Yeah. So everybody drives off on, on the drive. Um, we wind up in an area. Um, a couple of times we, here in San Diego, we would drive up up uh, a different route up to Julian. There are a couple of wineries up there that, that we know and have been to several times uh, that have large parking areas and picnic grounds. And they say, yes, we got lots of room. You can come sit up your own um, your own space. You can have your chairs and your tables. Everybody can be within the, within the social parameters and still enjoy um, being together, um, enjoying the out, outside um, with your friends and uh, be safe. Yeah. And now that we're in the um, post lockdown times, we're still planning on having more of these things, but we now don't have to worry about, um, you know, where, who's, who's been vaccinated, who hasn't. Um, right. So we're just going to have more and more activities as groups. Let me ask you, uh, Lance, since you're, you know, you're pretty dialed in with the brand and, and what have you. I mean, what, in your opinion, what do you think is is going to happen here in the States with the brand as we move forward? Do you think we're we're gonna see, you think we're gonna get uh, the, the, the Julia G, 
what is it? GT, GTAM, whatever it is, you know, the super, super sporty spoiled car, you know, the ones you see in, you know, that are overseas. I mean, do you think they're going to continue pushing it into the States or are we, are we kind of on a tail end of this? Um, that's a really good question. I, um, optimistically, I think they might, um, they might succumb to the, to the request. Now, when they first came out, of course, everybody said, yes, yes, please bring that car. That's sure. the one that we wanted to have here. It, it's, I think subjectively though, it's really a fairly small population that really would, would be willing to pay for what they're gonna have to ask for that. But I think there would be a market for it. Um, I mean, there, there are people that are willing to pay well into the six figures for, for cars that I well, wanna say are kind of run of the mill. Uh, not not specifically alphas, but I mean there are there are Porsches and Lamborghinis that are pushing 150 200 thousand dollars that they're making a lot of that they right. can get here. So I don't know. I, I I'm hoping that they will uh, with the new um, administrative uh, executives in uh, Stellantis. Um, I. Their, their CEO is, it said they're going to give the Alfa Romeo mark in general 10 years to prove themselves, which I think is more than what a lot of, of previous uh, executives had said about the future of the mark. I mean, we've always wondered, you know, when are they going to just pull the plug and say no more? Um, I think the enthusiasts around the world going to try to keep them uh, producing cars. Now, what are they going to bring to the U.S. market? I think they've always underestimated what the market in the U.S. has really wanted. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, that they're going to start out bringing things like the rumored Tonali, which is a, the newer, smaller um, compact SUV that's going to be a hybrid that will be something that will make them some money and hopefully bring the more sporty cars as well. Um, I really hope that they do. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I'm, I'm sure that they severely underestimated the uh, demand for the 4C. I mean, that was that was one that they didn't even know if they were going to be able to, to sell 500 cars in the U.S. And it turned out that they sold out rather quickly. And they are still in pretty high demand for those that, that are willing to pay for the money and put up with a, a car that is very purpose-built. Uh, I mean, right. it's, it's not something that you would drive every day, but it is something that you would want to drive on weekends. And, and take pride in ownership. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the 4C is, you know, it, one, it's a beautiful little car. And like you said, I mean, it's not really, you know, it's not a, uh, you know, sit in the traffic SUV 
kind of a car. Um, and in, and, and it, it wasn't, um, I don't know how many, how many of those did they bring to the States anyway? Do you recall? Um, it was supposed to be 500 each year, um, with 500 spiders. Uh, I think they extended it in the later years, but there really weren't very many. They just kept bringing, um, in the last few, they were commemorative sort of special edition spider uh, four C's, mm -hmm. but they weren't going to be making any more of them. Um, maybe, they, go ahead. And they stopped completely making them now? Yes. Even in, in they, don't, they don't make them at all then. They're okay, not so making they're them at all. Right. Wow. It's too bad. It's a beautiful car. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, Lance, why don't you um, tell everybody what's the best way to get a hold of the club, how to get a hold of your San Diego chapter, and if they have any questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you if they, sure. they want to? Um, let's see. I think the best way the best way to find out more about the the national and the club is just to go to the the website, which is. Um, uh, AROC-USA.org okay. or if you're on Facebook go to um, the go to your Facebook uh, group of, of Alfa Romeo Owners Club US um, the San Diego Club has AROCSD.org um, that is uh, the basic World Wide Web, so it's just arocsd.org. Uh, you can get a hold of me uh, directly at uh, araknd at gmail.com. Um, and that's arachnid, which really is uh, comes from when I used to drive Alpha Spiders. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and it just kind of stuck, so I just kept it. Yeah. Um, so that's A-R-A-K-N-D at gmail.com. Uh, I'm, I'm on all of the platforms. Um, I have a personal website, which is alwayslookingforanother.com. Always looking for another. That's clever. Always looking for another. A-L-F-A. That's what we say. <laughs> yeah, always looking for another. Right. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Well, Lance, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you spending uh, this time with me here and kind of going over this and talking all things alpha and, and sharing, uh, you know, the passion and the love of the, of the brand and the mark and the cars and, and, uh, and uh, again, thank you. And, and hopefully in the next couple of, uh, couple of weekends, we'll catch, catch each other up at, uh, at local uh, shows like the secret, what is it called? Secret car club, secret car club, right? Right. Secret car club. Right. Yeah. Real good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks. It's been a pleasure. And um, I'm always open to talking about alphas and, and cars in general. Uh, Perfect. So it's been fun. Thank you. All right, sir. Take thanks. it easy. Thanks. Bye-bye.